0: Episode eight, Josh.
1: Huge. It's happening. Huge. Ooh. Ooh, I feel like we're doubling Ooh, so quickly. Yeah, I know. It's exponential.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say that. Great minds think alike, Joshy. Yeah, eight's my favourite number, actually. Is it? So yeah. So wow. um, yeah, when I go to the roulette tables. It's mostly. Is there eight. any
1: reason for this?
0: I actually just think. Well, I was born the twenty eighth of June. Okay. Um, and I think. So you didn't like,
1: go for twenty eight.
0: Didn't go for 28. I usually do go for 28 in the rule. I'm actually a bit of a... <laughs> I, 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 I punch the casino very differently than I invest because um, I usually go on the corners. So you get like okay. one quarter of the payout, but it's like four times as likely to win. So it's a bit like lower risk, lower reward type yeah. um, gambling. Um, but yeah, I think eight's just kind of aesthetic. Like there's just something about the number that's like...
1: It's almost like the infinity sign, right? Yeah,
0: exactly right. Cool. That is, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so that was the biggest news story of the week. Uh, like eight. <laughs>
1: Harry's favorite
0: number. <laughs> well, um, speaking of eight, if you take one away from eight, that is seven. And then if you multiply that by <laughs> a thousand, you get a $7,000 tax rebate when you buy a Tesla.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was in the news this uh, week. That's it's what uh, hope, well, the Biden administration's Hoping mm. to bring back for, uh, I think it's going to be another 400,000. So GM and Tesla would be mm. eligible again because there's a, has already phased out because they've hit the 200,000 cap. Um,
0: that's pretty sick news.
1: What was your oh, take yeah.
0: on this? Oh, I thought it was huge. I mean, um, in uh, Australia, like the cars like already 35% more expensive even when you um, like you know adjust the exchange rate. They just announced that they're like opening in Singapore. Um, have you seen how expensive cars are in Singapore? I never realized like they yes. are like two hundred thousand dollars for a Camry or something.
1: Yeah, I mean it was uh, that guy Chicken Genius yeah. on YouTube. He's like a big yeah. uh, Tesla guy, and he um, bought one like a Model Three, like for yeah. 140 k or something.
0: And then you pay fifty k in tax. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, this seven k tax off basically like um, it's just like a I think it's just a seven k rebate. On like your tax bill? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah. And I think you have to have a certain type of tax, you know, mm. set up to take advantage. It helps mm. if you're like married, filing jointly, I think. Um, I forget what the rules are around it, but not everyone like qualifies. Um, but yeah, I mean, a decent amount of people do. So that's yeah.
0: good. I mean, you can now get a Model 3 for under 30K. Like get a Cybertruck for like 33 or 34. I mean, that's just like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, my whole Mars blog was saying like, oh, you know, it turns out the 25K cut, you know, thousand car, uh, dollar car was the Model 3 after mm, yeah.
0: all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because in, in Victoria, like my home state, um, we have, it's like so ridiculously stupid. Uh, it mm-hmm. is, you have to pay a tax on every kilometer you drive in an electric vehicle. And the whole mm-hmm. like point of it, I guess, is that I guess like because EVs are so expensive here, wealthy people own EVs. And so, therefore, the fact that they're not paying tax on petrol all that means they should kind of compensate for not doing that and right. pay tax on every kilometer they drive. That is so incredibly stupid, in my opinion. Like, what the fuck? I, I mean, the fact that Victoria yeah. has that, in a, like in Australia, but then America, which is like notoriously like no government intervention, no regulations, like no tax breaks, this kind of stuff. or uh, well, like all tax breaks, not like giving people like, you know, tax rebates on their EV purchases. I mean... I just think it's ridiculously stupid, but good on you guys in the US for sorting that out. Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, I mean, I'm like really happy that the US has this. I think any help is good help. Uh, definitely a big support of this, but mm. um, it's interesting because I just saw a video by uh, this big well-known YouTuber called Wendover Productions. He's he awesome. Amazing yeah. videos. Right. And uh, he lays out the case that the biggest um, problem facing adoptions for EV right now is charging. Right, and he shows that like hey the price parity is basically there, the range is basically there, but in places like the US, especially, the charging situation is still not as convenient as gas stations. Mm. And part of that problem is that there's all these competing standards, and you don't have this problem as much in Europe because they have forced all companies to adopt the CCS one one standard called CCS. Okay, and. um, Basically, in the US, there's like all these different competing standards. Like nothing's been like sort of agreed upon, Um, and so the the blanket coverage and like how far you are from your nearest charger is like a lot bigger in the US. For sure, um, partly due to this problem, and um, so it's it's interesting because like you know that actually putting infrastructure in place, which the government you know that's kind of their job. That might actually be a better way to push adoption forward, seeing as this is the last barrier to adoption, right? Is this charging thing, yeah? Um, so yeah, hopefully, they'll do something on that soon as well. Uh, alongside this, but you know, great, I love it, yeah. Take some money off those EVs.
0: (laughs) I think, um, Biden was talking about like uh subsidizing a bunch of like electric charging stations, that would be huge. I mean, um, I think you need to also have like um incentives to put solar panels on your roof and all that stuff obviously like there's just so many special interests that'll like try and block this stuff but um i think everyone knows in the long run you need to do it and like this is a perfect way to kind of like transition um yeah so that was one bit of news that i thought was interesting wendover is great um i absolutely love wendover i like never thought i'd care about how the elevators work in the tallest building in the world or something like that and i'm like yeah i can't watch that (laughs) check out wendover productions if you haven't
1: it's, yeah, it's super interesting, super educational, but like entertaining at the same time. Like mm. he's such a good communicator. Yeah. Um, definitely worth checking out. I mean, another good communicator, Joe Rogan.
0: Joe Rogan. Bang. That was smooth. That
1: was really good. Oh, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. So um, Elon was on Joe Rogan. Have you seen it yet?
1: Uh, I've seen clips, uh, okay. but not the whole thing.
0: Yeah. um, I didn't see it either. I've listened to the first 20 minutes. I just haven't had time right. before the, the pod. Um, yeah. Can't prepare too much for the pod. Do you know what I mean? um but apparently bill gates was shorting tesla
1: did Did you hear hear that
0: that? yeah apparently elon said that on the uh on the pod he said that like he said it's a you know i think from what i gathered it was kind of like a strong rumor but like weird thing to kind of make up but if that's true that's Hmm. like extremely odd i mean
1: yeah that is i i mean he you know has a porsche Taycan or whatever Mm. and you know hasn't been the the biggest proponent of elon Um, I mean you know Bill Gates is also quite known as quite a competitive guy I mean all like those kind of high-level CEO types Mm. are you know obviously Elon's had that famous competition with Jeff Bezos but you know Bill Gates used to be and sometimes still is depending on you know stock market you know movements Mm. the richest man in the world yeah he's been overtaken now by Elon and uh, you know you would think that people wouldn't care about that sort of stuff but like you know, these are guys that are really driven and really competitive. So I'm not too surprised. And I mean, Elon's not been like the biggest fan of Elon, uh, Bill either. Yeah, he said Bates, yeah. things like, oh, you know, I've chatted to him and shared the stage with him. And I wasn't really that impressed and things yeah. like that. Sucks. He doesn't um, know stuff
0: about like um, EVs and all that stuff like, like that. Like he wouldn't know anything about the trucks. He said like, oh, you can't make a um, an electric vehicle truck, like a semi truck. Um, right. And Elon was like, he he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, right. So there's definitely a bit of beef underlying there. I think you're right. And also like Elon's, Elon gained more net worth in 2020 than Bill Gates gained in his entire lifetime, which is, yeah. <laughs> I mean like, I, like it's more money than you could ever spend on anything. But it's like, you're yeah, that's right. They are competitive. For you. Yeah, they are like, they, they are really competitive blokes. Because what's the like? Why would Jeff Bezos want to go to work? You know, why would he right. want to go to work? It's obviously for this like pride. It's obviously for like this magnanimous kind of goal of like making amazon the best company in the world it's not something to do with money anymore He couldn't care less about yeah. money the bloke legacy has like, yeah the black has like 60 million shares of a stock that's like three and a half k like what would he need um
1: yeah i mean same with elon he didn't need to start spacex or tesla i mean mm. you know he was yeah, he was ins- set. insanely wealthy uh, yeah. off the sale of paypal so yeah at that point it's kind of uh more about yeah your your lasting impact in the world and that's Mm. what drives these guys and you know i think it's good that they're competing against each other in a way um i'm fine with them to beef a bit and and fight each other i think we all end up better off because of it
0: for sure um
1: speaking of competition i mean they did start talking about this um new plaid right yeah yeah
0: yeah. i mean they said elon was kind of quote-unquote sandbagging but he says that it's a 1.96 second zero to 60. So I think before it was, they said like under 1.99, basically just like under two. Um, yeah. And like with a little bit of like, you know, advertising, like slicing there, a bit of like marketing doing 1.99. So it looks less than two. Um, yeah. But apparently it's 1.96, um, which means it will be at hundred kilometers an hour or 60 miles an hour by the time you get to the other side of an intersection. Like if you're wow. stopped at the red light, which is like, I mean, that's just flat out dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, yeah it's crazy and the road star he says is going to be even faster he says that the range on the Roadster just like it's just not even going to be a consideration like you just will not even care about the range like i'm assuming it's going to be like 600 700 miles something just ridiculous
1: yeah. i mean their their first sort of stated goal with that i think was 620 miles or something yeah. crazy like that yeah um so it'll be interesting to see where they end out because i think at that time, they hadn't fully probably worked out what the 4680 cells would be For sure, doing. for sure. So they probably got a better idea now. So who knows, maybe they were sandbagging back then and it would be, you know, far exceed 600. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because that was the question we had at, um, at battery day when they announced the Plaid. And this was before they had the mm-hmm. Plaid Plus, but I think they have kind of like, you know, um, divided up the Plaid models. But uh, it was like, wait, this Plaid goes like zero to 60 in under two seconds. It does 520 miles or more of range what's the roadster gonna offer me like where does the roadster fit into this and elon had to be like no don't worry like the roadster's coming and you won't regret it um
1: it's gonna be sick and then that spacex package that they're gonna have for the roadster with like cold compressed gas thrusters like in Mm -hmm. the back yeah and basically he's saying that it's gonna be able to hover a little bit with these (laughs) gas thrusters well the other thing with the gas thruster is it's gonna help with the acceleration so like that thing is literally going to be, like, rocket-powered, basically. Oh, it's crazy. It's just insane.
0: I mean, and I fully... For some reason, I just fully backed them to be able to do this crazy stuff. I just feel like, Elon, if he can launch rockets into space, it's like... I back him to be able to make this quick car. <laughs> like...
1: Well, this is what, like, blows my mind about, like, the big naysayers around um, Elon and, and what he's able to achieve and the things he says he's going to do. Because... I was battling with someone today on Reddit, on Tesla Investors Ooh. Club, because someone came in there with a very bearish thing, like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna short Tesla." Yeah, um, and it's, here's my. It's reasoning. worked
0: a couple. It's worked a couple of times, you know. Some people are, some people have shorted <laughs> Tesla with some success, you know, made a couple of quick percent.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, a, blo- a broken clock is right twice a day. Twice a day yeah, that. exactly. Um, <laughs> but the, the funny thing that this guy was like saying, because you know, there was there was lots of comments because it was like everyone's a bull in that reddit yeah for sure and so there was lots of like hey hey here's why you really need to like think (laughs) about this and he was just like no no like if you think about it like you know the product's only 80 percent there and like elon's really more of a salesman he's not really an engineer at all and that was the point where no one had responded to that particular (laughs) comment and i was like oh how dare you how dare you uh, and so I like went and found um, this quote from uh, Kim, Kim, Jim uh, Cantrell, I think it is. And he was one of the like long industry um, rocket scientists that Elon like hired at the beginning mm. of SpaceX. And he answered on Kiora, uh, um, to someone's question saying like, this is why Elon it was you know, the, one of the best people I've ever worked with and why he's an absolute genius and the smartest person I've ever met. And this was like a literal rocket scientist saying like, Elon Musk is the smartest man I've ever met in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, so I just like took the post and posted it in against this guy verbatim and was like adding in like, you know, the guy like taught himself the code when he was like a kid yeah. and then like, created a, a video game from scratch when he was 12 years old and sold it i mean the he did physics at university like the guy is a fucking genius yeah um but you know it's like there's two sides to every coin like there, there can be too much bullishness on, on tesla and elon too mm. um but this was just way too much the other direction it was like he's just a salesman i'm like you need to educate yourself dude yeah
0: all right it's that's that's where it kind of falls apart like you can't some people say, you know, um, Elon is just such an amazing, like, um, innovative man. He's just think he is a really like kind of like incredible person, but he's a terrible businessman, you know, and I actually kind of like, there's an argument for that. Like, he just doesn't know how to like, you know, curtail investors and like, doesn't know how to like play it safe. And like, you know, um, he's getting better at sandbagging, but he like historically has been terrible at sandbagging. Um, He's but bad at
1: traditional business. I yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Right. And like, so I, I don't agree with him as a, that he's a bad businessman. I mean, he's made like some incredibly successful companies. Um, so like, I, I don't know how, how many better businessmen there are in the world, but, yeah, right. I
1: mean, he's, but he's literally the richest man in the world <laughs> from the businesses he's made,
0: but <laughs> to say that he's stupid is like you've you've lost me. Like I'm, I, yeah. I'd like to see what you're doing like in your spare time. Like what the fuck?
1: Or he's just a salesman, and then there's like rockets like landing themselves, <laughs> and like NASA, NASA scientists were like, "This is impossible. You can't do it." Yeah, Boeing and was he like, "No, nah, nah. does it?"
0: Yeah, just like fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Um, and yeah, would, yeah, he bought his um, he bought his son Doge. Has he been an update on last oh, week. Oh, Doge kind to the moon. Doge, Doge kind,
1: kind to the moon whoo
0: um yeah and he's like uh oh, bought uh bought x some Doge so he can be a toddler hodler. <laughs> <laughs> what that's a good businessman move right there buying your buying your kid some dogecoin um i'm sure the especially
1: kid's gonna... if you and your company have just bought some bitcoin right
0: oh yeah oh, i should have bought him a bit of bitcoin pumped it up like he did you know <laughs>
1: well see i think that's kind of what he's doing right by doing the dogecoin st- i mean he's actually probably just having a laugh like we were mm. saying last week but in a way, you could be like, is this a really smart, savvy way to be like, well, no, I'm not, pump- I'm not pumping Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm pumping this joke, Dogecoin. Oh, that's what, someone made the argument online that this is is something called like the gel man hypothesis or the gel okay. man like tactic or I forget the exact name. But the idea is that you do something so extreme in the same sphere that when you come out with something else that's not as extreme, there's the thing that you yeah. just did in the same sphere that then it sense. seems kind of normal. Yeah, so you're like kind of mooning sense. this crazy, stupid joke Dogecoin. and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" And then you come out and invest in Bitcoin with your company's money. That's and safe like, as well, hell. That's not, that's not as crazy as the <laughs> yeah, Dogecoin stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that was our um that's our big topic for this podcast. Obviously, like um this is huge news. Uh, whether you hate Bitcoin or love Bitcoin, this is like a, a big piece of news. Um, I was reading the 10K, which I don't. Tell I mean, just do Tesla's not read 10K. Tesla's 10K. Yeah, do not read the 10K filing. It's like a SEC filing once a year, and it is perhaps the most redundant document ever. I genuinely feel so sorry for the person that's to craft that. Is thing it up. only
1: once a year? Is it? It's does annual. It not come out once a quarter.
0: I think it's annual. Yeah, yeah. I might be wrong, but I think cool. it's annual. Um, and they go like, um, what is Tesla? Tesla is an electric vehicle manufacturer and distributor operating out of California, United States of America. It's like, so boring. It's like terrible. And then it's like the biggest risks to Tesla, you know, our business model is like currency fluctuations may, you know, adjust our profitability. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. May influence our profitability. Cool. Oh, um, we rely on Elon Musk. Okay. Um, our products may not be adopted by a broad audience. It's like, what am, I le- what am I getting out of this? Do- what am I getting out of this document? And I was like, oh, whatever. I just keep reading it. And then it goes, we've invested $1.5 billion in Bitcoin and we'll accept payments in Bitcoin. And I was like, holy shitballs. Went so off. wait,
1: was that the first time you learned of it?
0: First time I learned of it. I was the one kind of like, you know, not not that I'm like, you know, magical discoverer, but I like saw it and I was like-
1: Harry Collins invented this. I had
0: to read it twice or three times because I was like, what? Like this was out of note. This no- is troll. This, this is a troll. Yeah, I was like, this is almost like I couldn't have scripted something like crazier to be in the document, right? Like everything else was so boring, and I went back out to Twitter, um, because I loaded it like from a Twitter page, went back on Twitter, and the the feed was just nuts. Like everyone tested Bitcoin, tested It was huge news, um, and it was on um, it was on Super Bowl day or the, the night of the Super Bowl, or maybe the day after, and. Was like stealing headlines, like it was crazy. Yeah. Everyone was talking about a Tesla bought Bitcoin, and
1: the and the price jumped massively, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it went up like twenty percent or so, um, which is the biggest. Which is this is crazy. It's the biggest jump in a day for Bitcoin, twenty percent. But just think about how much Bitcoin's gone up. It's like multiple hundreds yeah. of thousands of percent in the last you know twelve or ten years. Yeah. Um, so like that's kind of that's crazy think about how much market cap was added i think it was like 150 billion dollars of like quote unquote market cap was added to bitcoin um and maybe we'll break down the implications of this in a two parts so the first would be implications for bitcoin itself and then implications for tesla buying bitcoin um
1: now why 1.5 billion it was like roughly like somewhere between five and eight percent of their cash balance i remember reading that from rob or something
0: yeah i think that's right um in terms of implications for Bitcoin itself, I've got a question for you, Josh. So there's kind of two camps. There's this one that says like um, Bitcoin's a joke and like Tesla just got sucked into this like um, bubble, like crypto is like the pinnacle of this bubble that we're in. Um, and the other side is like, this is going to cause the tidal wave of the S&P 500 companies to have to buy Bitcoin. Um, what do you fall into? What camp are you closer to? Uh...
1: Uh, see, I don't think it's all or nothing necessarily. Yeah. I will say this about Bitcoin. Bill Gates even described the, the technology of blockchain as like a technological tour de force, right? Hmm. And this guy gets technology and it really is. Like the, the whole idea behind it, the, the craziness of Satoshi Nakamoto, this, yes. you know, shadowy figure that's never revealed himself and, you know, may have actually... The, the human behind it might have died since then. So mm. uh, there's, there's theories online as to who it is. But, you know, it, it is this amazing piece of technology where the the power of decentralization is able to like verify, um, you know, who owns what. And so to have this crazy new thing in the world, I think technologically, like this will be like a new birth of, of you know, a whole plethora of things. And it has been, right, for the past, you know, 10, 20 years. Mm. Um, So I think there's a great future for blockchain. And clearly, Bitcoin will just not die. Like, it's been around for a long time now. And it it just will not go away. So it's hard to argue and say it's not going to continue to be here and not continue to be successful in the future. Yeah. Um, But what that success looks like, uh, I'm that's probably where I'm skeptical. It's like, whether people will be using it really regularly as like a currency. Yeah, I can see it more as like digital gold. Yeah. And, and just because currently that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, like a store just of wealth, store of value. Yeah. yeah. But I see all the other things built on top of blockchain as much more interesting technologically, personally, yeah. than Bitcoin itself, because Bitcoin has just become this speculation, um, you know, store of value. Um, and, I, and I get the arguments of like a hedge against like fiat currency and all that. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And it's nice that you can like, you know, it's borderless. You can send it around the world, like basically transaction free. Yeah. Um, so these are all cool things. Um, but I think I'm skeptical on it actually being a currency in the future. Yeah. I mean, it is to some extent, but like widely adopted. Everyone's using it. You know, every Tom, Dick and Harry in the future is just going to be using Bitcoin. It, it w- will probably be one of the other digital coins. Um, but yeah. yeah, see it as
0: gold. Interesting. Yeah, I think that like... um that whole point about a store of wealth as gold. is kind of like what Tesla, I mean, they're using it to like, you're allowed to purchase a car um, with Mm -hmm. Bitcoin in the future. They're gonna like work on that. It should be coming pretty soon, um, depending on like regulatory approval. Um, But you're right. I think they see it as a store of wealth. They've got this like enormous cash balance now, and they're just gonna move um, some of it over. For reference, 1.5 billion, like that's, as you said, it's not that much Their cash balance. GM spent 3 billion on advertising in the US alone in 2019. Um, and mm-hmm. Tesla's put half of that amount just into Bitcoin, and it's probably up 30 40% already. Tesla doesn't so, advertise. Yeah, Tesla doesn't advertise. They so just put all their advertising money into Bitcoin. Um, but Ark, ARK's Tasha Keeney, who everyone loves, um, she went on CNBC, or one of those kind of um, things, and she talked about how if, the S- if all the cash balances of all the S&P 500 companies, if 1% of that cash balance went to Bitcoin, it would double Bitcoin instantly. If 5%... Of the S and P cash went to Bitcoin, it would ten exit, and then um, if ten percent of the cash went into it, it would twenty to thirty exit. Um, Wow! So even as a store of value, like this is, um, you know, this is a a lot of people. I understand why they think it's a huge opportunity, and there's no doubt that for the broader like Bitcoin market, this Tesla purchase is kind of like a big stamp of approval, that big validation, and it's putting you know the question in the boardroom, I guess. About all these companies, whether or not they're gonna they're gonna buy a bit of Bitcoin. I know Uber came out and said um, they want to keep their cash safe, and so they're not gonna buy Bitcoin. That was a bit of a slight. GM came out and said they weren't yeah yeah exactly. Um, GM came out and said they weren't gonna buy it. Twitter said they were considering it, and because of Jack Dorsey, I think they will be one of the next ones to buy Bitcoin. Um, And so, I guess like the point is that at least the question's getting asked. Like, when would Uber have had to say if they're gonna buy Bitcoin or not, unless Tesla purchased it. Um, right. It's a huge it's a huge stamp it's, of approval. I mean,
1: it's definitely gaining wide market uh, adoption. You know, I'm seeing all these, you know, Reuters articles, you know, these big sort of financial yep. publications yep. talking about crypto and Bitcoin and, you know, more and more and more. I mean, they have done over the years, but it just seems like it's gathering pace. It's gaining more broader adoption. I mean, even I myself, I'm starting to think I should probably just go down the Chamath route and Chiman is saying you should have 1% mm. of your net worth in, in cryptocurrency and yeah. specifically Bitcoin um, as the winner in that market. Yeah. Just as like schmuck insurance. He calls yeah, it. I like that. He's like, look, if this, if this goes up 100x and you, you didn't have at least 1% in it, like yeah. you're going to feel like a schmuck. So yeah. just just put 1% in. Yeah. Right? It's all it is. Just 1% schmuck insurance. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. I, I, could, I could get on that.
0: And I think that's like one of the appeals of Bitcoin. I actually own a bit of Bitcoin um, Mm -hmm. and I've I've been holding since like November. So like I am a newbie because I just like didn't even understand what the hell it was um, until I kind of like looked into it a bit closer. But um, I I own it because um, I I think there's all these developments are really interesting. But if you look at like this return you can get, it's very asymmetric. And what I mean by that is that I think I'm either going to lose like a very decent chunk of my money in Bitcoin over time or I'm going to make an exorbitant return. I don't think there's like some middle Any ground. In between. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I'm going to make 8% a year for 10 years. I just don't think that's possible with Bitcoin. Um, it fluctuates like, like way too much. Um, yeah. But the fact that I'm like, I'm not risking losing 30X. It's not like I'm shorting something or something like that. Like the max, that, right. the worst that happens is it goes bankrupt. And as you said, I think it's, and I agree with you. I think it's pretty impossible for this thing to go to zero because I think that unless there's some like fatal flaw in like the blockchain or something like that, and like there's a, a massive problem that undermines the entire system.
1: I, I loved your terminology there. Go bankrupt, like, it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I- I- I go mean, to I just zero. Have just you know that idea I mean, of, <laughs> of,
1: of Bitcoin Q. You know the Bitcoin Q community, yeah. <laughs> and and they're doing drone footage of data servers and the parking lots and. Yeah, uh, you know, spreading all this fud about mm. the board and the CEO of Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> yeah, terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, it gives Bitcoin legitimacy, and like you, you see, oh, what you gonna say to me? No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> well, um, yeah, like I was just gonna say that these other companies um, that we'd already mentioned that were considering it, there are some that already hold it. So, Square's the big one. Jack Dorsey's always been a proponent of Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, PayPal transacting in Bitcoin. MasterCard came out and did something with Bitcoin. Um, Bank of New York Mellon said they're going to allow you to kind of like store Bitcoin as if it were any other currency, which is huge. Like, for example, if like my, some boomer, like I think like my mom and dad are like perfect, the mom and dad, you know, kind of investor, they would be like, oh, I've heard about Bitcoin. I actually think I should put a little bit into Bitcoin and kind of believe in it how do I even do it? Like who yeah. even knows to do it? you go online and it's all these scammy ads about like buy Bitcoin. You don't know if it's safe. You don't even know like what the hell's going on with it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you could like go to the local bank or like you just on your, you know, app, like everyone does now yeah. and just transfer money over and they like, they take a small commission, but they keep it safe for you. And it's like insured and all that. That's, I think that's huge. Um, yeah. And Andrew Yang, who he's probably like a 50, 50 shot at being New York city mayor. Um, He's saying that he wants New York City to be like a hub for Bitcoin, which awesome. Yeah, which is huge. I mean, props for him being a bit like progressive and indie. Um, yeah. implications for Tesla itself. What do you think?
1: Well, honestly, uh, I don't think there is much,
0: right? Mm. The, the only
1: implication you. I can see is is really the upside one, because like the, the downside one is that it goes to zero, like we said, yeah but it's 1.5 billion and it's like 5% of their cash balance. Yeah. It's it's not it's not material risk to the company at all, right? So yeah. there's that. The only material uh, impact that could be in the other direction is is the big one really, yeah. is if it goes 100x at some point in the future and they've essentially made 100 billion dollars off of this <laughs> um, for them a small investment. Yeah. Um you know, that would be huge for the company. Um so you know, I, I don't see it as as a big mover unless it goes up a ton, which is obviously one of the possible outcomes.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. It's not actually like when you look at this, this you know, look at it, it's 1.5 billion dollar purchase. Um, it is really nothing. Like Tesla can could raise that with a stock offering in like two seconds, right? They yeah. did it t- like twice last year. They raised five billion each time. Um, and you're you're right about it. Like in terms of it's like in terms of its cash effect, like it's kind of like tangible effect. It's not not as much. I think the symbolism thing is where it really comes in. Um, and I thought of this good analogy. I want want you to tell me what you think of this analogy. So imagine if Tesla had this cyber attack, okay? And pretty weird cyber attack, but they just took the $1.5 billion of Bitcoin, okay? Or okay. well, they took something worth $1.5 billion to Tesla, like cash or something like that. And there's this big investigation that like can't find who did it. And basically the money is just not recoverable. It wasn't insured. Um, and these cyber like, cyber hackers like, you know, got away with it. Um, the stock would drop about 30% because people would be like, uh, if Tesla, who's meant to be a tech company that has this autonomous driving software and all their cars run on software, if they just got hacked and lost $1.5 billion and then couldn't even insure and like, couldn't even keep that safe, mm-hmm. then that's a massive problem. And like that's gonna shake my confidence in the company. So it wouldn't be about that $1.5 billion per se It'd be about like the kind of like symbolic effect of having that attack happen.
1: But that's like a very specific thing, right? Like them being hacked and losing all of their money. But like, I don't even know how they have structured this, right? Maybe mm. they bought it from like 20 different exchanges or something well, to like mitigate that kind of risk. I don't yeah.
0: know. Well, the, the point I, it, the point I was making is that if it did go to zero, then mm-hmm. it would be like, you know, it's not about that seven percent or five percent of the cash bouncers lost. It's the idea that they like took this punt on this random crypto and it like didn't work and they like mishandled yeah. shareholder money. And so I think that's why like the stock had a bit of a poor reaction, at least in the short term. Mm-hmm. Because all these boomers were just like I'm not really a fan of them going like out, out on such a limb with like my my capital. It's not about that like one point five billion dollars. I mean, they made thirty percent on it in like a week. Um, it's the idea that like they're gonna be so frivolous and they're kind of like straying from the mission and then like not handling shareholder wealth properly, et cetera, et cetera. Um,
1: Interesting. It's, it's almost like you have a particular boomer in mind who was anti-Bitcoin. yeah who could well, that be, who could that be, Harry?
0: Well, the thing I'll say before this, and it's the only thing that affects, <laughs> it's, this is before I get onto a rant about Gary Black. Um, But the, the one thing that Meet Kevin, I don't know if you know Meet Kevin, he has like some good like, yep. the bloke's a one man wrecking ball. Um, he's great. But he put out this it's video- Like a
1: financial like, yeah. Uh, channel. Right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and like a lot of the stuff he posts about is kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, flashy news stories and that kind of stuff. I don't really care about that. But he posted this really good video about how Bitcoin affects Tesla's, um, this thing called impairment and how they like report it in quarterly um, earnings so he explained it quite well he said that um if you have like let's pretend it's one billion dollars in bitcoin make it super simple one billion and that bitcoin dropped 50 percent in q1 well you would have to report even though you don't lose anything that's kind of like an unrealized loss you would have to report a 500 million dollar hit to your earnings in the next report um so that would be like very substantial to tesla's earnings and then obviously like People would work out. Oh, the reason it was so we, we got it so wrong is because of that Bitcoin. They can add it, add it in, um, but it could like spook analysts who. And want also, I guess if you're, thing.
1: if you're like a publication that's like got all your advertising dollars from oil companies and big auto, yeah, you're you're gonna run the headline, Tesla loses yeah. 500 million this quarter, yeah, even though technically that's not true, yeah. right because. They haven't actually realized the loss. They didn't sell the Bitcoin, exactly, so they didn't lock in that loss. Exactly, and it could just go up again, like it's done yep. many times before.
0: Yeah. So it actually, he, he, me, Kevin put out a good uh, little prediction. He said that if it does drop, which you know Bitcoin does all the time, it could actually be a really good buying opportunity because analysts just may not understand the implications of it. Earnings, oh, Tesla wasn't even profitable this quarter. Like they're going back to like no profitability because um, it is kind of like a novel issue like never really had an issue yes. of like having an intangible asset that's worth 1.5 billion dollars to a company and fluctuates 50% per quarter um and the interesting thing that he said about it was in that impairment cost if, if bitcoin goes down 50% you have to report that 500 million dollars is a loss but if it goes up 50% you don't report you don't. It at all right. so it won't like if tesla's cash balance is growing it will come up in the, the balance sheet but in the earnings it will not come up as like a, a positive quarter in terms of profit um from the Bitcoin, which is how that's it should great. be reported. A hundred percent should be how, like how it's reported. I mean, why would you have, um, like how can you have all the downside of it, but not the upside? Like if, if the Bitcoin doubles, which is totally mm-hmm. possible, that's clearly something that's valuable to the company, but like either both should be included or neither, but that's kind of like a... Yeah, um, it's weird that one, weird is one isn't,
1: I guess it's like highlighting the risk of it, but not highlighting the um, benefit, potential totally. benefit, but yeah. they're both potential, right, they're, they're, you know, yeah. at that point. But it's interesting because, yeah, like you say, it could be a great buying opportunity if it goes down mm. and it could be an unrealized sort of boon for the company that other people aren't taking into account, right? Because people who aren't in the know, who aren't following Tesla this closely, are not going to be like, oh, yeah, but Tesla has all its Bitcoin and Bitcoin's up like, you know, 5x since 2021, mm. since they first got in. Yeah. Um, and so people just might not know that how mm. goddamn rich Tesla is in the future because of this
0: as well so yeah i'm it digging it as an investor yeah i, I like it i thought it was, i mean at least it was interesting like the market's just like it's just interesting at the moment you know um yeah. but this brings me on to the gary black point so for those who don't know i've talked about gary black a few times in the podcast overwhelmingly positive i like i love i loved you were a
1: big gary. fan i was you like, were like gary, a gary black.
0: black disciple Ooh, yeah i love gary black um he gave really reasoned analysis on tesla which is was refreshing right like he was a he was a bull but he wasn't like this ultra mega bull, who where like Tesla could do no wrong.
1: Um, uh, I don't know. I f- see. Okay. I'm going to insert my opinion it, on, it, it, on this whole it. story now. Yeah. Gary Black to me did come across as a mega bull in my mm. mind and other people probably won't because most of us in the community are mega bulls. Like I consider mm. my a mega bull, but like, you know, I have some elements where I can at least think a little skeptically just so I'm not trying to do that echo chamber hyper thing that mm. a lot of Tesla fans do. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt like Gary's projections and stuff were were very very optimistic, um, yeah. and maybe I'm the one that's wrong, right? Because his he was you know he's right run of up massively, yeah, right. So he was mostly right, but it seemed like that bullishness and sort of never ended until that's a good point. recently.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would rebut that by saying at least with the S and P 500 inclusion, he was very mm-hmm. much like guys, calm down, it's not gonna be a mega, like infinity squeeze. It's not going to 1,300, yes. like look at the evidence of it. It'll go, you know, go up, you know, my price target's 730 or 720 for 12 months out. Um, right. But like, be prepared, it's gonna go up, you know, may, may spike a little bit, but then it might drop 10 or 15% after the inclusion. Um, I thought it was pretty reasoned by that. But either way, like at least, he, at least he provides like, you know, stats and charts and, you know, to back up right. what he's saying. Um, but he does not like Bitcoin. And that is an understatement. He absolutely hates Bitcoin. And the sad thing about it is he's completely missed, he's completely changed his tune um, after Tesla invested in Bitcoin. So for those who don't know, he sold his entire stake. um, Fair play to him; he made about 20X on his money and like sold cover calls against it as well. So like he made made a boatload of money in the year and a half that he held Tesla. Um, Or maybe it was two and a half years, something like that. Um, But he absolutely bossed it. but he, they announced Bitcoin and he immediately goes from this like, as you described, like kind of like an ultra bull. Um, I would say it's like a little bit like less bullish, but we still agree right. he's very bullish. Um, he dropped his price target. He sold his entire stake in Tesla. He now focuses on everything he said not to focus on. Like he focuses on what analysts think about the company. He talks mm. about small one-off earnings misses in the quarter. Like he goes, oh yeah, like there was 65 cents of um, adjusted EPS instead of 84 cents projected. It's like no one really cares about the earnings this quarter for like one-off items when you're investing in Tesla. Yeah,
1: they were all one-off items. It's very clear exactly that was the case this quarter.
0: Exactly, and he even went as far to say the dumbest thing possible, which like oh, I've actually God, yeah. heard. I've actually heard many bears say this. He they missed the 500k target by 300 cars. It's like how does that matter for like an investment in Tesla? Like even he talks about how. It's cheap if you look to a twenty twenty five EPS thing, uh, twenty thirty. I've got
1: I've got a shout out to um, James Stevenson on Twitter, um, who's who's a fantastic uh, Tesla commentator and bull. And Elon's even sort of given him kudos in the in the past. But his comment on that was, um, "Oh yeah, you know, in archery, what do you call um, missing your target by zero point one percent? A bullseye. <laughs> bullseye. Yeah."
0: Yeah, huge. <laughs> but yeah, he like, you know, he starts going on about the 3% gross margin. Like he, um all these small one-time items that are kind of like backwards looking, it's exactly what he is not as a long-term investor. And like why I looked up to him is this like beacon of rationality. Like for example, this great, great tweet, which I was like, I'm going to remember this tweet for so long. Um, it's been a great year for Tesla shareholders, but there will be a time where like, you know, shit's in the fan, right? Happens with every investment. And he posted this um, chart of Tesla next to this like um, table of Amazon's share price. Mm-hmm. And he says, hard to believe Tesla dropped 61% um, 10 months ago, um, or that Amazon dropped 60% um, in 20, no, 2007 to 2008. Um, and he says, some growth stocks, you just have to buy and hold. And he posted this great table with... Um, Amazon, where on three separate occasions, at least five years apart, it lost 94% of its value. It went from $107 to $6. That was the dot-com bubble. It lost 56% and it lost 60%. And it's hilarious because the low prices or even the high price of those three times was $107, $60, and $95. Now, I don't know about you, but I would absolutely kill to get dumped on after buying it at $60 a share when it's three and a half K now. And- this resonated with me, like this whole like you just have to buy and hold. Like not everything's perfect, but you just have to buy and hold. So yeah. now Tesla invests in Bitcoin. I know that he doesn't like Bitcoin, but why not just like sell a part of his stake? And why do you have to go on this like whole crusade that he's going on? Um, he like yeah, blocked... it
1: seems it seems a bit emotionally driven, like mm. with how strong he's coming out against it. Yeah, I mean I could be wrong, uh, mm. but but that just seems to be the vibe I'm getting from from all the, the kind of one eighties he's done on it. I mean like you say he's, he's been a great sort of um useful guy you know with great information for the tesla community for so long hmm. uh, and so i think we do still respect that part and it's like hey you, you're still someone who's putting out interesting thought analysis um for a long time and, and we still appreciate you for for that but it does yeah it does feel kind of whiplashy
0: yeah it's ridiculous and he was like um well at least i think just because i read his tweets every single day and now i see his tone he's like the saltiest man ever i'm like gary like Someone needs to hug this man. Um, yeah. but like, you know, he there's this um this prominent, prominent-ish Twitter person, his name's Alex something. He's got about 8,000 followers, so he's not like me, right? Um, yeah. and he says in a reply tweet to some like stat about Tesla missing gross margin by like three percent or something like something weird like that. He says, Gary, I met you in person and have high respect for your I don't think he speaks English as his first language, but he says, Gary, I met you in person and have high respect for your career and your achievements. But allow me to express my disappointment about your latest tweets full of assumptions without a base and wrong conclusions. This is not about Tesla, but your reasoning. And he got blocked. He got yeah. blocked. It was like, when the hell has Gary black become so salty? Like why does he give a shit about what analysts and like what wall street dogs think? I mean, the, all their price targets are fucking bullshit. You think yeah. about all the price targets in March and April and may someone put out like, you know, a, you know, it's like this is pre-split, but like a seven hundred dollars price target. I was like, "You're an idiot! It's not going to double! Like, what are you talking about?" And now it's four thousand, you know, something, uh, a share. Yeah. And the, and all the bears, right? All the bears are putting out, oh yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars price target. That's one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars pre-split. So you you said, oh yeah, sure, it was going to triple last year. Like, all their price targets are bullshit. They always get it wrong. Um, yeah. Who gives a shit if they predicted eighty four cents of EPS and they came in at sixty five cents or something like that? Um, Gary also mentioned that um, you know the, this Bitcoin thing is a distraction. So he kind of took that whole symbolism view that we were talking about earlier and said like this is like straying from the mission, etc. And he said that MicroStrategy, which is another um, company, I'm not sure if it's in the S&P 500, but it's a big company. Um, they invested all of their cash balance, the non-working cash, um, into Bitcoin, and their, wow. their their stock price has mooned. Um, and the CEO is a very eccentric guy. He's been um, the CEO for 25 years, he witnessed the stock lose 99.9% of its value and he stayed CEO. That'll never happen again, like 99.9%. Yeah. But, um, you know, they hold Bitcoin and the analysts on the earnings calls um, just ask about the Bitcoin. They just ask like how you're applying the Bitcoin, what are your movements of the Bitcoin, blah, 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 blah. And Gary says like, you know, now Tesla's going to have nine out of 10 questions or whatever um, asking about this Bitcoin stash, which I don't think it's true. First of all, no, and-
1: especially not with say technologies exactly. And the retail yeah investors to ask those questions yeah, um, and I think it's funny because like all the retail investors do a lot more homework than the analysts do on Tesla mm. because they have the time and the totally. and the passion to do it, whereas analysts are kind of spread amongst all these other companies. And so I feel like the analyst questions are actually kind of getting better now that Say's been introduced. I agree. And they've seen how good the quality are of the of the retail questions. They yeah. kind of have to like up their game a bit. For sure. Uh, and especially when Elon said like, oh, you should actually follow the retail investors. Like if you go on some of these YouTube channels, like you'll learn more than any, you will from any analyst. And one of the analysts mm. was like, oh, okay, I'll have to start like looking up the blogs and the and the YouTube channels. Yeah. Funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think he's, I think, he, you know part of my, I disagree with him intellectually um, about yeah. his decision to sell all his Bitcoin' no, sorry all his um Tesla because of this small mm-hmm. Bitcoin purchase um, and I don't want to like slam the bloke uh, like you know himself like, I, it's not about him as no. like a personal character but it's just like the way he's gone about like all I know of him is his Twitter account and you know I, I really respected him I like I loved his like general investing principles just buy and hold great companies don't worry about small things like every time Tesla dropped, 10% or 15% a day or something like that. And the world seemed like it was ending because my portfolio was down massively. I'd go to his Twitter and he's like, guys, like, don't worry. This is not that big of a deal. And this is why. And gave some like, you know, great reasons for it. Um, So, um, yeah, I mean, I I used to, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I loved Gary I Black know. and now I like, and now he's just gone this like anti-Tesla crusade. And like, it's just sad to see because I've lost, like, I get, I haven't lost him, but you know, I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm missing that kind of like calm. He, he did say, you know, I saw one of his
1: tweets recently, like since he's he's gone bearish and he mm. did say like, look, you know, long-term I'm still a Tesla bull. And he did say, um, I'm looking to to get back in, you know, once Tesla dips a significant amount. Mm. Um, so he did say that. So he's not like full on Tesla queue, um, mm. which is good. Um, and then I will say, um, it's. It, I think pup, maybe the blocking thing, what maybe was just like more of the straw that broke the camel's back for him. Mm. He's prob- Because I've seen a lot of people not doing what you're doing. Like you're being very respectful in your disagreement and you're yeah, saying, you know, I, yeah. like to the bloke, but like intellectually disagree, blah, blah, blah. Whereas like other people were just like full on like troll yeah. hating on him yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like whoa, 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 that's too much, you know? So maybe that, that he's just kind of tired of that. He's just blocking yeah. a bunch of people now who, who are coming out um, and saying negative things, whether they're yeah. reasonable, things or not yeah. uh, and, and done in a reasonable tone. Yeah. But yeah, it is it, sad to see him do a 180. And I, I guess I wasn't too surprised about Gary in a way like, because I felt like when I read his tweets, for some reason to me, he did kind of seem emotional about Tesla. And it was like- when I he said was he bullish? was bullish? Me- yeah, yeah, on, like on his this. bullishness. Yeah, and yeah. so it was almost like I could almost sense this kind of almost manic depression sort of vibe from him mm. like that he- has these big sort of upswells on emotion and that that was driving some of his um comments and analysis and things and it was just like yes he had reasons to back them up but there did seem to be this undercurrent of emotion and so when it happened i was like uh eh, i don't know i kind of suspected this of gary mm-hmm. so i wasn't too surprised um, okay. but yeah sad to see nonetheless
0: yeah i mean yeah it's kind of broken my heart a bit i mean he just uh, the the one thing you take out of this I think uh, that buy and hold mentality is great this whole like I'll wait for it to dip and stuff like if you find a great company listen to Andrew like go back to that podcast we have with Andrew that is that, that's golden advice you should listen to um, and yeah. Gary Black didn't invest in Tesla because of 3% gross margin two and a half right. years after he invested um, and like you know I, I just think that he's kind of... Wait, the baby wait, the I don't quite
1: way. understand that part. He didn't invest so when he, he, because he,
0: of why? So he invested two and a half years going to Tesla, right? Yep. And he's like, you know, I'm investing in Tesla, you know, and it's kind of like putting words in his mouth, but I invest in Tesla because I think it's a great opportunity, blah, 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 blah. He didn't invest because he thought that the margin, the gross margin was going to be exactly 24% in two and a half years from now. So now that they missed gross margin, he's saying, oh yeah, on the earnings, they missed deliveries by 300 out of... 500k they got 99.99% of the way there and they miss gross margin by 3% like, like for one time items like which is already accounted for in the earnings call yeah. that's why I'm selling no you're not you're selling because you're like trying to make a point about Bitcoin and you're like salty for some reason yeah like, like with all your respect James you don't know what you're talking about like fucking like when Elon doesn't when Elon says Tesla doesn't have a demand issue but global EV share falls from 24% to 19.6% I translate that to mean we don't have enough demand at the current prices it's like, what the fuck? And then he talks about Kimball Musk selling shares when he sold like 1 of his holdings. Yeah. Um, like, uh, he fucking whinges about GME. He, I, I almost want to say, oh, no shit, Sherlock. He goes, GME is extremely overvalued in every metric and it's going to crash. Everyone's like, yeah, no shit, shark, but we want to get yeah, rich yeah. fucking quick in the next couple of days before it does crash, you mong. Um, <laughs> <like, laughs> mong. And then he goes like... um. You know many financial um, intermediaries like um, PayPal, Square, like Mastercard will accept Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. I have no issues with that. Once Bitcoin transactions are regulated like cash, its value in evading taxes and maintaining anonymity will fall, and Bitcoin's price with it. But at the right now, like Bitcoin is not overwhelmingly used for like anonymous no. transactions or evading tax. No. I don't think people are. I don't think people are using it to evade tax. I. I don't own it to evade tax. Like.
1: No. I mean, there's some there's some shady shit going on with it, but you could say that about fucking fear. Fucking I mean, cash, mate. Like, what, are, yeah. what the fuck? I'm just in the big love scene.
0: No, only, only criminals use cash now. Everyone's got their little tap card. Yeah. Only criminals are the ones with the $10,000 bills. Like, using in yeah. casinos and, and to traffic drugs. Like... Ugh. Oh. <sighs> Even this kind of, this tweet, I'm just having a look at the tweets now because they're fucking stupid. He goes, imagine you're the CEO of MicroStrategy. Your stock is down 22% today and is now totally dependent on the price of Bitcoin. Okay, okay. So it's now totally dependent on the price of Bitcoin. How about let's look at the one-year chart and they're up 858% in the last year as a company after dropping 23%. So it's up like 1,300%. Would you give a shit that it dropped 22%? Uh, no. I don't know, probably not. It went up 4% today and it's up 4% after hours, So it's back up 8%. So it's like, (laughs) I don't know, it's like fucking hell. Like, you know. It's
1: it's completely emotion driven. You can see it in the way that he's talking about it. I mean, this was the same with Value Analyst and still is to this day. And that's why I said I wasn't surprised because I I could just sense it from the way that he like crafted his language and tweets and stuff. I'm like, you're quite emotional, Gary Black. You know, it didn't, I was like, ah, it's just another fucking value analyst, mm. man. You know that guy? On yeah, the- you
0: talk about him a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So he he was like big, 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 big uh, Tesla and Elon bull for a mm. long, long time. And then at one point went very, very salty and, mm. and kind of did somewhat of a 180. Yeah. And, and still considers himself a Tesla bull, but an Elon bear now. Yeah. Um, but his okay. biggest thing was he was like, and he reminds me of Gary Black as well. He had these like really like mega bullish ideas of what was mm. gonna happen. And it was the disillusionment of when his like ultra bullish per, um, perspectives didn't come exactly true when he exactly thought it was gonna happen. Mm. And then he got really mad about it and, and has gone like really like aggressively against Elon and, and, and like decisions Elon's making and stuff like that. And, mm. and it's like, dude, you you said at one point, you invested like your whole house, you like mortgaged your house and put it all into Tesla like before the big run up. So I'm like, if that's true, right? And you didn't make some crazy like options bet that mm. exploded on you, then you should be like absolutely stinking, filthy rich and can retire. Like mm. why are you so angry about this? Yeah. Um, and so maybe his financial situation wasn't what he said it was. Yeah. Um, who knows, I don't know, yeah. I'm just speculating. But also it was just like, that's, that's that mindset of like, oh, I have these crazy bullish expectations and they're 100% gonna come true exactly when I think they're gonna come true. Mm. And if reality doesn't m- match up, then I'm just gonna like flip the table over. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Get Super angry about it. Like, Dude, it will happen yeah. eventually, most yeah. likely. Just chill
0: yeah. out. Yeah, it's you know, and I do respect. I respect Gary a lot, and I respect people who are like public figures in general, who yeah. especially relate to money, which is like you know kind of a taboo topic for a lot of people. They put it yeah. all out in the line. They say, you know, I'm going all in on this particular stock or something. And it may or may not work out, and people mm. really like you know really give it to people when they when they um, when they mess up. But yeah, I mean, I, I have the utmost respect for Gary, and that's why I care so much. That's why I've talked for 15 minutes about Gary yeah. Black because I have such a respect for this bloke, and I think he's just. Miss, he's just lost the plot when it, when it came to this tiny Bitcoin purchase. Hopefully, he comes back. Um, that'll yeah. be a good day. That'll be the most liked tweet he's ever put out when he's like, I'm back, baby. Yes. <laughs> Tesla to
1: the moon. Tesla to the moon.
0: $10,000 <laughs> price target. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Um, right, should oh we move God. on?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, talking about mega bulls and, you know, people's opinions and, you know, not matching reality. Mm. You know, I had an interesting... Uh, evening on on Clubhouse the other day in a Tesla room, started to get onto the topic of mining, uh, and you know I I'm always bigging myself up as the guy who asked Elon the the spice must flow question. Wait, that was about, you? I, I mean I mention it every episode. Woo! Uh, Fantastic. So humble. And um,
0: now it's very dope, actually so, very
1: dope. Oh no, I, I, I that's why I can't stop talking about it because I'm just like giddy as a, as a school. Yeah, girl. it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so I'm talking about the, the, the potential uh, for a lithium squeeze um, in this room. And, you know, these are ideas that like are being, I've been learning about from the, the experts in the mining sector and particularly the lithium nickel sectors. You know, Rodney Hooper and Howard Klein of RK Equity um, are just two people that I follow very closely on this. They've been on a bunch of the Tesla channels talking about it and um you know, it seems to be a real thing. You know, that, that the, like I talked about last time, the inflection of EVs is going up way quicker than, than lithium can bring on mines. But then mm. the people in these rooms were like, well, no, no, but I read this one article about this way that you can get lithium from like brine, uh, salt. Uh, sorry, desalination efforts yeah. from like brines and salt water and stuff. And like, but it, the, the thing is, is that like, if, when I actually went and looked at these um, articles, It's like very experimental. And it's like, you know, the guy in the article is like, Oh, you know, we haven't applied it except for a very small sample size on a lab Mm. bench, you know, this hasn't been done in complex feed waters, it's not been done at a pilot scale in real water mixtures. So it's like you know, this is like some like far off technology that still may not even end up being useful. It's almost like those battery breakthroughs you hear about every other week. That you know, solid state batteries like 10x the en- energy density and it's just like <laughs> yeah
0: it costs 500 times in- as much to produce and they've done it in a lab right like, there's so yeah. many drawbacks that yeah. it just isn't a scalable yeah you know and not needed thing. and not needed like right necessary yeah right
1: exactly i'm in these clubhouse rooms and yeah it's just like lots of bullishness coming back at me from this idea of the lithium squeeze right And yeah. so i'm like okay there's maybe there's these experimental technologies, but they're not like here and now. And like people are also saying, oh yeah, yeah, but they're doing the, the, the lithium clay thing in Nevada. And I'm like, yeah, mm. but the, the experts are also saying that that's gonna take five to seven years to mm. come to maturity. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 but think about it, it's Elon. Like, you know, Nevada loves him because of the boring loop. And it's like, mm. no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> this land is federal land, okay? There's like really strong environmental restrictions. They're not, and they're like, yeah, yeah, but this is a different process. So they'll probably just go quicker, but it's just all this like wishful, echo chambery, bullish thinking. It's like, listen to the experts. This isn't me saying it. These are people like work in the mining industry that are saying this, right? And it's just like, when you get into these communities where it's just like, everyone's bullish, 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 it's like the same thing I was seeing with FSD, right? I was in Mm. these clubhouse rooms and everyone's like, no, 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 like. In two years' time, there's going to be the steering wheel is going to be gone, and it's like you don't know that. It's like it's not impossible. I'm open to the idea that it's possible, but it also seems like a little bit far to the edge of the bell curve about how quick this will happen. And it's just like amazing how quickly people keep inching the bar up and up and up with expectations Mm. because they're all surrounded by people who are like the bullish, most bullish people. Mm. It's like have some critical thinking, right? Like it, it. not everything is gonna go exactly right. We've seen mm. this before with every company, including Tesla. And you know difficulties with the Model 3 ramp, we'll probably see difficulties with the 4680 ramp or the Model Y and Berlin ramp or just Berlin mm. issues in general. Like Cybertruck, and that's fine.
0: Like it's a whole, right? new, like, whole new, completely type of manufacturing. new type
1: of Right, type of manufacturing, mm. type of materials. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be issues there. Um, but yeah, the lithium things, just really interesting in general. Like going back to like outside of Clubhouse, I think, you know, uh, Rodney Hooper's um, tweeting again recently saying, you know, global EV sales, it's looking about like 5 million in 2021 for for everything. Mm. And they're saying, so that's like up beyond its previous estimate. And so their models now have both lithium hydroxide and lithium carbonate in short supply, like fairly soon, like within a year or two. Um, and, and who knows, maybe Tesla's done enough with Piedmont and other offtake agreements that they have with lithium supplies that they're okay. But I see it as like a big storm coming for, for the yeah. EV industry and, and will slow things down in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm getting into the old yeah. lithium space.
0: Yeah, definitely something. See to... those stock prices moon. Yeah, definitely think that it's something to like, um, look out for. And when you say like lithium squeeze, do you mean that there's just gonna be such a short supply and so like the price is gonna go mm-hmm. up dramatically? Um, yeah,
1: so get this, like that 100 gigawatt hours that they're planning on having, uh, Tesla for the batteries in um, 2022, mm. uh, that's like, that's just the one, the batteries they're making, that's enough for like 1.25 million vehicles, right? Yeah, sure. And so that's just them, but they have other suppliers, right? They've got Panasonic, yeah. they've LG got Cam. Cattle, LG. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, Whoa, how <laughs> if they can make yeah. 1.25 million in 2022 from just their own supply, and they're it's already going to get as many batteries as they can from the others, like how many are they going to be pumping out? And like, this is, you know, very quickly, you're, you're like eclipsing like the, you know, just with Tesla, like, you know, the year of 2020's lithium um, production, like combined Tesla's mm. going to need more than than the whole world needed just for itself in like 2021 and 2022. It's crazy. So it's just like, how can the industry have enough supply? I mean, these mines take five to seven years to come online. The industry hasn't had enough investment for years because the prices were low, Mm. Um, but we're just starting to see the uptick now. So I think new investments are are just starting now, but sometimes it's too little too late.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure. You can understand why Tesla's trying to get into the whole mining issue themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every single public event, they seem to be like, yeah, I remember Elon at Battery Day. His favorite thing was talking about nickel. He's like, "We need more yeah. nickel. You got nickel, we'll pay like lots for it. We'll give you a massive contract, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Yeah. So it is good they're like looking at vertically integrating. Like I think that people, I mean, it was quite, quite shocking to hear that they were getting it, like thinking about getting into mining, but like yeah. not totally, um, not totally a curveball. If you know like Tesla's um, mentality about vertical integration. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I really wish I knew more about this area and it's definitely something to look into because. Um, yeah, like for those who are perhaps unaware, like, you know, you need batteries are the main constraint to Tesla making more vehicles. I think they could physically make more shells, you know, shells of vehicles to go around the battery if they needed to. But finding the amount of lithium they need, the amount of nickel they need, they recently kind of divested away from um, cobalt because of like the mining practices. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's- It's, it's, it's The other
1: interesting thing here is, and this was something that was talked about in that clubhouse room was that people were like, oh, no, you shouldn't worry about lithium. Lithium's like everywhere in the earth. It's like yes. just abundant. And, uh, and they were like, "It's nickel's the problem. That's why Elon was saying, please mine more nickel. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's mm. not about how abundant it is in the crust, right? It, it, it's really difficult to refine the stuff into lithium hydroxide and carbonate. And there's only a certain few number of players that can do this in the world. It's kind of like, you know, three big dogs that kind of like, you know, uh, own the whole industry. Yeah. And then uh, the other part of that is that like, um, you know, the, the nickel industry actually has a separate bunch of industries that use a lot of nickel. And I forget what they are, but like you can imagine like big manufacturing yeah. kind of industries that need this kind of metal mm. for what they're doing. And so it's actually a bigger industry with like more players, more supply. And whilst there may be shortages and squeezes there too, there's actually different types of battery chemistries you can have that don't include nickel. So, nickel stuff, mm. the, the high nickel stuff is the long range stuff, the better performance. Yeah. Yes, Tesla's going to be using a lot of that, but they're also going into this iron phosphate batteries, right? Yeah. And so, that's what one of Elon's execs was saying in response to my question at Battery Day. He was like, if you're smart about your materials choices, the spice will continue to flow, right? Yeah. And that's what he's talking about the iron phosphate and the other, the magnesium one, I think it is. Um, but every single battery needs lithium, all of them. Mm. And that's not changing. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it can become that bottleneck in a way that I don't think nickel will be. Um, and, and I even heard like one of the mining guys being like, you should pay attention to what Elon isn't saying as maybe the area of concern. Because yeah. if he's saying, please mine more nickel, he might not actually be that scared of, of nickel. That's what he's saying publicly. What yeah. he's not saying publicly is help there's an issue with lithium because he's in like a Mexican standoff with the CEOs of these companies yeah, about how, let how much on. the price is going to be. So interesting theory there. We'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition.
0: Yeah, I mean, is there like a chance, do you think that Tesla could, I mean, they've got a, a massive market cap now, 20 billion in cash. Could they buy one of these companies? Or maybe they just don't want all the baggage associated with it.
1: They could. Um, they absolutely could. And But you're, I think you're absolutely right. Like Rodney Hooper, again, talked about this and he was saying, do they want all that risk and complexity? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. And so, what the path that they've gone down and seems to be working, and he he mentioned this, was hey, do an offtake agreement with someone like Piedmont Lithium, and when you announce the deal, the stock price of Piedmont moons instantly, or at least like you know, fifty yeah. percent or more, yeah. and that company, off the back of that deal and, and the increase in share price, can raise money from the yeah. market based off their new share price. And he yeah, says that point. seems to be a winning, uh, you know, strategy so far. Yeah. And maybe that's what they'll continue to do. So yeah. we'll, we'll see if that plays out. But who knows, yeah. maybe, it, I mean, he, Rodney Hooper entertained the idea on Galley's channel. He was like, it's not crazy to think that they could buy one of these people. So who knows, maybe they will.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that they've perhaps gone down the whole route. They're thinking back on the route, just like, we can do it better ourselves. Like, we can manufacture this new way of doing it and stuff. And there's no doubt they're still going to need those supplies for a while to come. Um, yeah, But yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think, the biggest risk to Tesla is this like just perpetual inability to produce as many cars as they kind of need to produce. Um, yeah. But yeah, good points, Josh. That was good. Crazy. I, le- I learned a bit. I learned a bit there. Um,
1: oh, look at that. Teaching you an old, an old thing or two. The little young buck learning from uh, the old master.
0: Well, um, we've hit about an hour. So, is there anything else you want to tell the uh, the fans?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to what lovely Easter egg we find at the end of this episode. Last time I had a lovely Easter egg at the end of the credits. It was Dogecoids to the Moon, the video version. Mm. And this time we're going to do another one, but we don't know what it is yet. So yeah, stay we'll tuned. We do Bitcoin after one? the
0: Bitcoin one? The Bitcoin one you sent me. Do you remember that one oh, with Michael yeah, Salad? Yeah, totally we'll use that, that we'll one. That. All right, you guys are going to be seeing that very soon. Stay tuned for the next like twenty seconds. <laughs>
1: All right, mate. Have a good one. Great to speak as always.
0: As always. See you, everyone.
1: Bye.